Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Yeah, whatever. We'll have to get over this episode really quickly because your headphones might pack up and we might have to just stop it halfway through. So let's just fucking get on with it, eh? So I'm over at a bit of uh, housekeeping news. I'm yeah. over at uh, Talk Radio today mm-hmm. doing a little bit of, you know, the other job that this I, and I that. do. This and that. And I'm getting in the lift. And, uh, You're doing this in get- the lift? I'm getting in the lift on the way here. Who gets oh. in the lift with me but noted comedy duo Paul Whitehouse and Bob Mortimer. Oh! Oh, yeah! I said, all right, Bob. He went, all right, what are you doing here? I said, I make a radio show upstairs. What are you doing here? He goes, oh, I'm going on, I think he was going on uh, Talk Sport to promote the book. Right. So there we were, Bob, yeah. with me yeah. and his other comedy cohort of the uh, three he one, has. He's got one of three. his other ones. Yeah. He's got three, hasn't he? Yeah, pretty um, much. White House. White House was really holding court in quite a packed lift. And... He was talking to someone, another Cockney gentleman. And Bob yeah. was very funny because after they stopped talking to each other, he went, Cockneys, when they get together, that's what happens. Anyway, we had a right <laughs> good laugh. We didn't talk about you or slag you off, but well, there was a, okay. there was, it, we sort of shared something, I felt, about you silently mm. as we yeah. sort of just made small talk. Anyway, yeah. um, we wanted to get a photo. I wanted to get a photo, but... I thought Bob's quite retiring and it's the sort of thing that would probably annoy him. So I don't know. I wanted yeah, to so find a way of utilising the situation to troll you in some way. But okay, it didn't work enough. out. So now I'm just telling you about it. Okay. I, I had a, a weird situation at lunchtime. I was I was in the gym, which in itself is a weird situation. Yeah. And I was on the uh, on the treadmill and uh, Loose Women was on one of the TVs with oh, the yeah. subtitles on. And who should come on? Bob Mortimer. He's on Loose Women. Book. He was on Loose Women before he was he on Talk Sport. He must have been there it before Sport. They're doing yeah, the, So it's a book about the fishing, is it? Yeah, media deer. So he's on Loose... I'm watching him. I'm on the treadmill uh, watching him with subtitles uh, yeah. talking about his book and his fucking heart and all that. And yeah. then uh, I've got my uh, gym playlist on and the theme from Miami Vice came on and I oh. just felt... I've never felt more alive, to be honest did with you, Sam. Yeah, did you feel so exhilarated? You saw... Yeah. Your mate, your your comedy cohort on the yeah. telly on Loose Women. You're yeah. there with Miami Vice. Fucking, and I've got the I've got the adrenaline rush from the from doing six kilometers an hour on the machine. Sounds like oh, dreamland, mate. It was, you never, it was amazing. Yeah, exactly. You you're, you you've reached the peak of your life in that moment. I think I have. It's it's only mm. going to go downhill after this. Well, it kind of sorry already has with this podcast, but um, mm. we'll crack on with it, shall we? Yeah. Listen before we go any further. Into a lot of chip shop correspondence from yeah. yesterday's podcast, but we've had an update on John Timbrell. 
And oh, I yeah. think I should bring you that first of all. Yes, He's definitely. been in court again at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was maybe Friday. Uh, and he's been, uh, he risks being locked up for contempt of court. He told the judge that she does not have jurisdiction over the living man, so don't order me about. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've chosen to use that as his voice. It's the voice I use for Jeremy Corbyn on Athletic yeah. Mince. But I but think it, it is appropriate as well. It is appropriate. It's almost more appropriate for Timbrel in some ways. It kind of is, yeah, it feels very elderly, busybody kind of uh, yeah. voice, so we'll stick with that. Um, so he's been uh, appealing against the convictions for assault from June and July of last year, which yeah. we've covered in previous episodes of this podcast. Uh, when he arrived at court, he initially refused to identify himself, and he questioned which, what jurisdiction the part-time judge, recorder, Anna Midgley had over him. Um, mm-hmm. he, he said... I am a living man. You are representing a dead thing. Oh. And that was in reference to the Ministry of Justice. And Recorder Midgley said, you call it a dead thing, but other people say it is a legal entity. I do have jurisdiction over this court. And uh, Timbrell then refused to identify himself to the court. She uh, she asked him if he referred to himself in Game of Thrones style as Master John of the Family Timbrell. <laughs> so she's she's had a bit of fun with him and uh Timbrell replied to that yes <laughs> <laughs> oh we power played her there yeah she um, wasn't expecting that exactly so yes i fucking do then- actually it's one of those isn't it oh i suppose you refer to yourself as your- yeah i fucking do <laughs> yeah your move cunt <laughs> <laughs> so uh the recorder eventually then began the hearing of the appeal, asked for the Crown Prosecution Service uh, representative to outline the case. Timbrell then interjected and said he had voided the conviction myself and therefore there was no need for the hearing. Uh, the recorder told him he could not avoid a conviction, to which he responded, Who says I don't have the right? You are representing a dead thing. <laughs> uh, the recorder warned him he could be found in contempt of court if he continued to shout. Uh, she said, if you continue to disrupt proceedings, shout at me or interrupt, you'll be in contempt of court. I am warning you to stop shouting and talking over me or I will move to contempt of court proceedings. He responded uh, with, For the record, Judge Midgley ignores the law. I cannot continue with my appeal because the case against me has been voided. <laughs> <laughs> he then stood up uh, and he apparently had an entourage of five supporters with him. He said, uh, I will now leave the court because it is obvious you won't deal with it fairly. Uh, as he walked out of the court, he says, my opinion as a living man is to do as I please. This has gained worldwide interest, <laughs> including the podcast Top Flight Time Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Who have offered me extensive coverage and provide a platform that is able to <laughs> amplify my messages to a global audience. Exactly. So he's got this entourage of five people and he says, one man has come from America to listen to your corruption. <laughs> and, then he, and then he left. And then he walked out. Yeah. Uh, Ta-da. TTFN. Yeah, exactly. Be like, Until hey. next time. I'm And just remember, I am a living man. I am a living man, I'm certain, is a lyric from a really good song, but I can't remember what. Maybe one of the cunts as well. I am I've a living of, man. I don't know. I've heard a living thing by uh, ELO. I'm just going to well, Google that, actually. I am a living right. man. I, I feel like it would look good on a Top Flight Time Machine T-shirt. I am oh, a yeah. living man. I am a living man, yeah. A li- I am a stray man. I am a living man. Um, <laughs> so he then he then went to the public gallery. He stayed in the courtroom and went to the public gallery to be with his five-strong entourage. 
Yeah. Uh, and the, the recorder then said, I note he is still in court in the public gallery, so I will address him directly. <laughs> so she just carried on the case. He just basically moved over to the public gallery from the dock. And then she gave him five minutes to decide whether he was going to return to court to proceed with his appeal. And he shouted from the public gallery, I cannot withdraw something that doesn't exist. <laughs> mm. um, I'm just scrolling that's down. That, that's a line that many listeners will have used uh, during the act of Congress before, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. And in the future, if mm. it ever happens again, if we ever get triggered sufficiently. Uh, <laughs> it seems that the, the entire appeal then just collapsed. Uh, the recorder said that she will write to Timbrell to explain the outcome of the hearing. He's subject to a suspended sentence order. So, you know, there's quite a possibility that he might eventually go to prison the longer this goes on. But um, we'll see. So there we are. That's your Timbrell update for you. Well, it's good to hear he's still in action. And I still have every intention of trying to get him onto the podcast as our first ever guest. But then again, yeah. but then again, do you know what? If we got him on, it can only go one of two ways. We either completely give him free reign, in which case it could quite quickly become tedious, or <laughs> if not, we start to poke him with a stick, and that sound that actually is unbecoming of two yeah. sensitive men like us to, yeah, bully, exactly. to bully someone who obviously has a few issues. Yeah, um, maybe it's just left for us to sort of mock him from afar. I think so. Yeah, like cowards. A lot of people um, were happy to read my Noel Edmonds article, especially those who heard the um, episode I did from Edinburgh and post-Edinburgh, yeah. where I explained about the three Fs, and we discussed that, didn't we? And then yeah, a lot, was, of, lot of people, a lot of cunters found out that it was actually Noel Edmonds. Yeah, there was had, a, lot of, a lot of conjecture about who it might have been. A lot of people thought David Icke, but no, it was deeper nah, than that. It was Noel Edmonds. Nah, it, it was much deeper. It was Edmonds uh, talking about. But the good news is, I can <laughs> let you know, is that Edmonds was very happy with the piece. Good. He read it and apparently liked it. I don't know how to feel about that because journalistically, you, you, if you feel that the person who you interviewed was too delighted with what you wrote, you feel, oh, maybe maybe <laughs> I was too soft. But listen, mate, I said it as I saw it. I said it as yeah. I saw it. I wrote, do you know what, Andy? I wrote from the soul. Yeah, I could tell that, heart, yeah. You know, yeah. so. And for money. That's that. Yeah, it was for money. Uh, that's uh, hello. Is that the Guardian? Yeah, listen. Yeah, it's Sam Delaney here, Britain's best journalist. Listen, right. Got a got a proposal for you. I interview Noel Edmonds, right? Write it all down. You pay me, right? What do you say? It's a fucking once in a lifetime deal. You got five seconds, and I'm putting the phone down. I'm calling up someone else. Five. Four. Okay, we'll take it. Right, I want a grand. I'll get onto Edmonds now. <laughs> well, you need to set it up, and I want to do it in fucking Edinburgh. I fancy yeah. a trip away for a couple of days. Look, let's just say, right, I got my own reasons. I got to get out of. I got to get out of town for a while. Right, <laughs> Edinburgh's the best place for this to happen. <laughs> trust me, trust me. You don't want this going on in London. Not now. Not with everything that's going on. Right, set it up, London. Put me into the Ibis. Right. <laughs> and make sure they got Wi-Fi because I've got to do my podcast while I'm up there too. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, oh, at, at the fucking Guardian offices, well, I just received the most peculiar phone call from a man 
purporting to be Britain's best journalist, calling himself <laughs> Sam Delaney. <laughs> he made a series of wild demands. He claims he will be interviewing Noel Edmonds, but says he hasn't set it up yet and that we have to do it. Well, you better do what he says. <laughs> he also says he wants to stay in the Ibis. <laughs> <laughs> and he was very insistent about that. Oh, it's well, the we'll Ibis, are you going to get the whole thing, right? <laughs> I'll get on the phone. I could do this for the big issue, you know. Do it. I'm doing you a favour by calling you first. <laughs> oh, but like I said to you, you could quite easily turn that encounter into a 60-minute uh, one-man show, take it on the road. That in article is 3,000 words. My transcription yeah. is 11,000 words. Whoa, and there is hell. so much that it is worthy of a 10-episode deep dive. Right. We'll have to work that out somehow. One day we'll do that. One yeah, day. Yeah, when, when it's safe to do so. Yeah, I want to be respectful to Noel, but so, everything he said was on the record, but there just wasn't enough room. A lot of it was much more appropriate for Top Flight Time Machine than it would be for The Guardian because it meandered in wild directions. You know, we need to get Noel in and do a deep dive with him on all 11,000 Abs- words. Absolutely right. I mean, the dream is to get Noel on this podcast. Yeah. And I don't know. He's re- He's been responded very well to the article, so I think I've got some credit in the bank and I wouldn't rule it out. I, I think that I've got happen. a chance, yeah. Yeah. Every, all of your efforts need to be put into making this happen now. I'm he's serious. Dominate, he's dominating a lot of my uh, thoughts at the moment, <laughs> put it that movements. way. Yes. <laughs> he da- I mean, I dreamt about... After that interview, I dreamt about him all night. <laughs> because he, he, he was deep inside my mind. I went back to the Ibis, and I had a yeah, troubled sleep in which Noel haunted my dreams. Haunted yeah. them because he is such an intense person to spend time with. He gets right inside, he sets up camp in your brain and he won't yeah. leave. And he's still there now, but whatever. I think we maybe need to go for a weekend in the woods with him and just reset our demons. Thing. Reset our, yeah, exactly. Something needs to happen, though. Right. Something needs to happen. Yeah. Um, no, I'm anyway. working, I'm working all the angles with Noel. So watch this space. Good man. We've had a massive response to the chip shop episode that we did yesterday. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, Tom or B14, who occasionally sends us drawings of scenes mm. from the um, from the podcast, which he appears to do with what looks like a biro, maybe a bic. Yeah. Um, he sent us a one of two ghosts on the coins. Oh, says, lovely stuff. It says the coins at the top of the machine, and then it says big prizes. And you can see both the ghosts putting the coins in. It just seems to be one ghost at a time. It's Sorry, one coin at a time. It's not the Dawson method. It's a more precise mm. method they're using. And there's what looks like four coins in the tree at the bottom that they've won. So well, well. done, ghosts. Well, I don't four, know. Maybe they, should, maybe they should think about the Dawson method because getting maybe four coins should. isn't really sufficient to keep your coining up. Maybe is, was, this a, sent, was this sent to our email address, mate? No, this is just on the Twitter. Tom's okay, sent a right. few pictures in over the last few weeks, so uh, good right. stuff. Um, but maybe it's just harder to draw the Dawson method. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's harder to draw massive but, pile uh, of coins. Or maybe he knows a little bit more than we do about the way that ghosts are go getting on the coins. They might well have different techniques, which could be based on different strategic thinking. Yeah. Or it could be because a ghost's hands are less... What's the yeah. word? Like, we've got opposable thumbs... Right, which means it's easier for us to get a big bunch of coins and yeah. shove them all in at once. 
And you got to remember, ghosts are basically air, so gripping yeah. things is difficult, more difficult for them. They're they're merely air and rags, aren't they? Yes. Ghosts uh, occasionally chains. The yeah. the, the evil <laughs> ones, the evil ones have chains, but the other ones don't. Yeah, so that's the, probably why he's ones. done that. Yeah. Um, I've a good message I got from Paul Clifford, who's a regular contributor to the podcast uh, about chippies. He says, uh, "He says I used to have to sneak to my local chippy after my dad got barred from it, and then told me, <laughs> and, and then he then told me I had to avoid it out of solidarity with him." <laughs> oh. So here's the story. He says, "My mum sent him out to buy some fish cakes, pre-cooked, no batter, and the fishmongers was closed, so he went to buy them from the chippy." Fair enough. Um, but not cooked ones. These were pre-cooked ones. Uh, so so mum could cook them at home. He says they charged him the same price as they would as they would be cooked. So when he got them home, my mum told him to take them back. So he went back and took me with him and went totally ballistic with the bloke behind the counter, ending up throwing the fish cakes at his head and shouting, oh! keep your fucking fish cakes, you thieving <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. And yes. as Paul says, as Paul says himself, ludicrous situation. He paid the correct price. Then my mum said it was too expensive, so he went back fucking furious with the price he'd agreed to pay just minutes previously. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, how much are the fish cakes? That's two quid each. Yeah, fair enough, mate. There you go. Fucking ten minutes later. Oh, about these fish cakes. Yeah, what? Bit fucking overpriced, aren't they? Fucking rip me I want, off. I want some of my money back. Fuck off. You just fucking bought them off me. What are you doing? I'm fucking returning them. Or I want money back. Fuck off, mate. That's not how it, it chippies work. Oh, keep your fucking fish cakes. He didn't get a fucking refund either. He threw the fish cakes back yeah. at the bloke. So there was no fish, no refund, and no one got any fish cakes that night. And as um, as Paul says, I was, I was, he was barred from the the chippy, and I avoided it of solidarity. Uh, and then he says, there were lots of shops I couldn't go in for similar reasons. <laughs> dad was a repeat offender. That's awful when your dad makes you stand in solidarity with him against yeah. certain things. It's not nice. Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Uh, I was at West Ham once walking down Green Street towards the ground and it was very packed. So you were doing that sort of shuffling walk you do when there's yeah. lots of people in the street. And there was one burger stand that was sort of like set back from the main pavement behind a wall. 
and so and it, and it was in a sort of a hatch and you couldn't see from where i was walking a few yards back i couldn't see the person inside it but i could see a customer force his way through the crowd squeeze up to the hatch and order a cheeseburger then i just saw a hand come out of the hatch hand the bloke the cheeseburger <laughs> and i saw the bloke go how much <laughs> for a fucking cheeseburger and then without further conversation he threw the fucking burger in the face of the person. <laughs> I mean, there was no build-up to it. It was just an immediate thing. And and I thought, have I just seen what I think I saw? And then it took me about another 30 seconds shuffling along until I got to the hatch. Yeah. And I looked, and I saw some poor bastard on a freezing cold night flogging burgers to earn a living. Yeah. And he had cheese, grease, and ketchup all over his fucking face. <laughs> Directed. I'm a one absolute madman. Well, Cheeseburger, please. Yeah. That'll be £3. No sort of, whoa, that's a bit pricey. Just like, fuck off, throw the burger <laughs> in his face. What a fucking elaborate How, thing to go through. What what kind of person has got to be outraged by the price of a cheeseburger served out of a hatch <laughs> near a football ground? It's yeah. not expensive hot cuisine, is it? I mean, it's not like... And also to be that angry that you commit an act of violence, which is what yeah. it was. Not like, fucking hell, no way. I mean, even that, fucking, that, that is over. To be honest, mate, forget it. I can't afford that. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah, right? free, free quid. I won't pay more than two fifty. You can't. Yeah. For the sake of fifty p, you have fucking thrown a cheese, a hot cheeseburger <laughs> in some poor bastard's face. Fucking hell. I've got, uh, I've got a couple of tweets here from Mike Goodall, uh, coin related. He says, a few years back, me, the wife and the kids went to Coral Island, Blackpool. We sent the kids on the usual drop and scoop, as they call them, for any dropped coins when we stumbled upon a machine with a glitch. As soon as the coin, the coin went in it, it spewed tickets regardless of the drop. Uh, he says, after two or three gruelling hours of employing the Dawson method, very, very much, well done, and mm. around £20 in two pences, we asked for a ticket refill three times for the machine. He says, we nearly bust the coin muncher, but it was all worth it because we ended up with this beauty, which we have used at least twice. And he has enclosed a photograph of an iPod shuffle. He got an iPod shuffle on the coins? On the coins, yeah. That is incredible. If someone's ever won something better than an iPod shuffle on the coins, get in touch. Did he say where it was? He said it was uh, Coral Island, Blackpool. But, of course, there was a glitch in the machine and it was just spewing out tickets, so it it wasn't a legitimate... It's not it wasn't legitimate. a legitimate win. No, you know what I mean? the, be- the best one in the one in the Isle of Wight, if, um, they, we, a good way to score a lot of tickets is on the grabber, right? So you put a pound in and you mm. get something like five goes. And sometimes the grabber goes down and gets two bundles of tickets in one. So yeah. you, you suddenly you can get 100 tickets in one go. It's not like being on the coins, it's a bit of a shortcut, but it's quite satisfying. In yeah. there, they have a giant grabber. So right. it's in a glass case that is the size of, uh, I don't know, like, it's a bit like the crystal maze. And the grabber itself is on an arm, and it's like a giant grabber, like a bear's claw. and metal Mickey's arm or something like that. Yeah, at least. And it can pick up a carrier bag full of of tickets. But I say it can, I don't think it can. So what you do is you feed in, it's two quid a go, which seems like worth it. But I saw some poor little boy with his mum, Put putting more and more money in because he wanted to get it back, and I could see 
it was fixed. There was no way it had the traction yeah. to get the hole. In the Those end, things I things are though. They're all fixed. Do you know what? I intervened because you know, I'm from a single parent family, and so when I see a, ch- a young lad out with his mum and she's mm. struggling, and he's there's something about him. I think he needs a father figure. He's just like me when I was little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you intervene? I went over. I said, oh, "Listen, God. I don't." Hello, sorry. Um, yeah, that, that's <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm Sam Delaney. I'm so Sam what? Delaney. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Big deal. You're talking to Sam Delaney. You'll you'll have seen me. Oh, well, you'll have seen me all over the place. But that's not important. <laughs> What's important is your son. Your what I am worried about as the product of a broken home myself. Mm. What are yeah. you talking about? My husband's just over there buying a nice... Yeah, look, whatever, love. He's left you. Face facts, right? <laughs> Face fucking facts. He's left you for a younger model. No, he hasn't. He's, he's here. No. Listen, right? Stop living in fucking dreamland and listen up. I'm here to help you. This boy <laughs> is living a fucking lie, just like you are. You're lying to yourself that your husband's going to come back to you. He ain't. And he's lying to himself that that fucking claw is going to pick up a carrier bag full of a thousand tickets, right? It's not going to fucking happen. Neither of those things. Wise up. Get yourself on the coins. It's more fun. Yeah, you'll win tickets at a slower pace, but there's an honesty to it. More Shit, rewarding, then, isn't it? Yeah. And the husband came over and there, there was a bit of uh, pushing and shoving. Yeah, I can't quite remember what happened, but before we knew it, we were rolling around on the arcade floor. <laughs> 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 I think the I think the lesson there is when the fun stops, stop. stop. Uh, Tom Ob has tweeted saying maybe after chip shop anxiety, you could move on to raising awareness of the number one killer of men aged twenty three to seventy. Do you know what that Ooh, is, Andy? That? I've no it's, idea. No. Well, Tom Ob says it's dealing with the men at the dump anxiety. Oh. He says, I'm 51 and I still feel like a frightened schoolboy as I ask where I should put stuff that's made of both wood and metal. Yeah. The dump men are grumpy, aren't they? They are. Um, I'm starting to just put everything into black sacks and just chuck it all in the general waste. They've Uh, they've driven us to this. Yeah, if they had a better attitude, then we wouldn't do that. Anything I'm not sure about, unless 100% I know what it's made of, it'll just go in a black sack and, you know, it's kind of productive. It's the dump men who are responsible for global warming. And if the fucking Extinction Rebellion mob had their fucking heads screwed on properly, they wouldn't be going and interrupting our flights out to Spain over at the airport. They'd be down the dumps fucking doing sit-ins and attacking the dump men with drones and saying, listen, treat people a little bit more courteously and they might make more of an effort to separate up their plastics from their cardboards from their carpets, from their metals and their electricals. Plus, let's not forget our old friend, garden waste, right? Yeah. Just be more courteous and people come. We love going to the dump. It's a great feeling. My best mate's dad, the one who, remember the guy who, who he got on his knees to get his hair washed before his be- he's a QC and he yes. got on his knees and he stuck his head into a sink frontways with his ass in yes. there. Well, he is, his favourite thing to do is go to the dump. He's obviously, because he's a man of the law, I don't think he's intimidated by the dump men. I think that yeah. he's, a, he's a barrister by trade, so he can speak with anyone, you know. And so he's not intimidated. But on his birthday, when his missus says, what would you like to do? This guy in his 70s, what would you like to do on your birthday? He always says, go to the dump. That's his birthday yeah. treat. 
Like you and I might say, go to McDonald's or go to the movies or go, or go, go on the to, coins. Go on the coins, go to Laser Quest, whatever. He says, I just want to go to the dump. And he goes to yeah. the dump, he takes a load of stuff and he says it makes him just feel sensational. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Can't argue with that at all. By the way, we had Tom O'B that sent that tweet. That's the fellow who drew the ghosts at the coins. Fucking hell, Tom O'B, you're keeping us going. He's the, he's the third uh, Time Machine member, basically. Yeah. Richard Easterbrook says, top um, chip shop anxiety is definitely a real thing, especially when there's no real queuing system. There's always a fear that someone's going to snaffle my spam while I wait for fresh chips. Snaffle the my queuing spam. system thing is an issue, but you know y- you need to get in there and regulate the queuing system. Create a queue if you need to. You know, say no, sorry, you were th- you were here before me. You know, direct the traffic sort of thing. It's no good just fucking standing there like a like a tin of milk. Well, it's like I did in the in the Isle of Wight. I had to yeah, go exactly. proactive and start arranging people. I don't want to use that phrase, man up, but you know, no. Uh, Gary Ellis tweeted me saying, my mam likes to recall a story from when she was young and her friend, new to the chippy and confused by the lingo, asked for once, twice. (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, you know you go like, people get confused about saying codden chips twice. Like, So they go, two codden chips, please. And then my opinion is, is that the chippy fucking knows what you mean. But they're cunts about of it. Of course they and do. Yeah, they fucking yeah. know what you mean. But yeah. they want to be cunty and go, "Oh well, I, I take that to mean two cods and one portion of chips." And mm-hmm. you go, "Listen, mate. Obviously, I'm not going to order two fucking cods and chips. I mean, so you have to go. All right, cod and chips twice. But this person was all confused about it, panicked, just like so many people who've got in touch. They do panic, and they just went, "Uh." Someone's gone. What would you like? They've gone. Uh, once, twice. <laughs> <laughs> Three times a lady. Yeah. Uh, Steve Mann has said, my pal at school used to be sent to the kebab shop every Friday with a sports bag to get the family dinner. <laughs> his best friend used to watch from his house, then run out and chase him as he passed, screaming, sports bag kebabs, sports bag kebabs. <laughs> then go back indoors every Friday evening. Just chase his mate down the street shouting sports bag kebabs. <laughs> and this is the last one I've got on the Twitter from Michael Larkin, who says, when I moved out of London to the Buckinghamshire Sticks, I was laughed out of the shop when I said I wanted my chips closed. Cunts. Yeah. He's just written cunts. <laughs> closed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one... I wouldn't say closed. I'd say wrapped. Yeah, open or wrapped, isn't it? Of course yeah. it is. Open or closed. Could I have my chips closed? <laughs> That sounds. You know what that is? That sounds like Frank Lampard, Lampard talk, did it? Michael. Could yeah. I, could I have my chips sealed, please? Seal my chips <laughs> with a wax seal bearing my family crest. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tweet from Big Northern Al. He says, "I find ordering in Subway intimidating." Yeah. Good point. Uh, because there's different, there's, you know, there's the different levels, different stages of the order in Subway. You know, he says bread size, bread type, main fillings, toasted or not toasted, cheese, salad, sauces. Permutations are fucking endless. Much easier to get a sausage roll from Greg's, I reckon. And yeah. then an email came in from Ollie Ellis on a similar subject. Uh, he says, I felt compelled to email you to tell you the most outrageous food order I've ever witnessed. Mm. Uh, I was in Subway and there was a Russian man ordering in front of me. When I was on the first station, he was at the salad section. The server asked him what he would like and he simply replied, all the vegetables, all the sauce. (laughs) She she said, excuse me? And he simply replied again, all the vegetables, all the sauce. (laughs) 
<laughs> the server was absolutely stunned, and the end result was like a Frankenstein's monster of subs. Uh, he says, maybe I'm the bastard in this scenario, stood there judging away, but as a man who proudly orders a fish cake, it felt safe to share. So there yeah, you know, well, alone. that's what we're trying to do here, is an open and honest sharing space, a safe space for people to confess the things that they've done that they regret or feel shamed by in a chippy. Um, John Turner emailed saying, I haven't been harassed for my choice of fish, but I did ask for my fish and chips to go in Leeds City Centre in the mid-90s. <sighs> oh, in the 90s. mid-90s. That's like... what? So in he's Leeds. Used a, he's used a phrase there that he's obviously gotten from some kind of American teen comedy. He's He's got... He's been watching too much fucking Startsky and Hatch, hasn't he? Yeah. Right? Anyway. Uh, uh, he says, uh, yeah... So going into Leeds City Centre Chip and go, can I have a cod and chips to go, please? I was met by a look and retort of utter disdain by the woman serving. This was a time when some shops in Leeds wouldn't accept Scottish fivers, but someone else in the shop would offer to buy it off you for a quid. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, can I pay with this? What the fuck's that? <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a fiver. It's legal tender, that. It's Scottish fiver. Fuck off. I'm not taking a fucking jock fiver. Here, mate, that... <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, mate. Hey, I, I heard you had a bit of trouble with that chop fiver. <laughs> yeah, that's it. right. Hey, I, I'll tell you what I'll do, right? I'll give you a quid for that. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> it's worth five. No, it's not in Leeds, not mate. Here, it's not, mate. It's the best you're going <laughs> to fucking get. Take it or leave it. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> Speaking of Scottish money and uh, Scottish chip shops, even, uh, I was in Hoyk once, which is only about 10 miles over the Scottish border. And I bought some, fi- bought some fish and chips. And they asked me if I wanted salt and sauce on it. I had no yeah. idea what this meant. I thought sauce was ketchup. Yeah. Sauce in Scotland is vinegar. Do you want salt and vinegar on that is salt and sauce? In Scotland? Yeah. Fucking I hell. I just fucking t- turned on my heels and before. ran. I've never heard I just that ran. before. What's the best place to have fish and chips? Everyone reckons it's their hometown, don't they? But I, the best fish and chips I ever had was actually not far from you. It was on the... Northumbria coast and I'll right. never forget it it was this beautiful I don't know I can't even remember what it's fucking called now it was near is there a place called Hexham or something like that anyway yeah. it's not it wasn't sea houses was it it was a fu- it looked the coast was the most spectacular fucking it was big brown cliffs and huge right. sprawling anyway I went there to interview the Asbo Queen of Britain I might have told you about that before <laughs> I don't think you did, but can you save it because we're nearly done for this yeah, episode? Yeah, well, anyway, I interviewed the Asbo Queen of Britain for a documentary I was making. She was she was uh, from Newcastle, but she'd been banned from Newcastle City Centre. Right. She had to actually move out, and I had to interview her somewhere safe outside the borders of Newcastle. So right. we went to this beach, and I had an amazing fish and chips, but everyone thinks their fish and chips is the best. I've never had it in Yorkshire, but I'm told that's like pretty much the standard. Well, that's where the bar is. Right, okay. Well, don't ask them because they'll just fucking, everyone will just send in their local fish and chip shop and I can't be asked to be quite honest. All right, yeah, you're right. Do you know what? If you're listening to this and you're getting all, it's one of those things that gets people all patriotic about their hometown. I'll fucking fish and chips, I'll fucking fish and chips. I'll tell you now in advance when you start sending stuff in, fuck your fish and chips, fuck your chippy. I don't (laughs) give a fuck. And and by the way, I'm not even going to claim that my chippy's the best. Probably isn't. I don't care. Don't care about my chippy or yours. Right, good. And yeah, I've got an email. Hang on, let's read this. Let's do a lottery email because I've only skimmed it. I'm currently sat in a lay-by 
home mid-podcast, listening to Sam's chip shop woes has induced panic. I've had to pull over to write this email. Fuck. At the age of 13, I fell foul to the anxiety you talk of. And not only do the feelings of fear, embarrassment and terror come flooding back to me whenever I see a chip shop, let alone enter one, but the whole sorry affair can pop into my head at any moment. Here's what happened. Myself and three friends were queued up in a chip shop. This was the first time I'd ever ordered for myself. And I was feeling the pressure. It was 13. Mate, that's a bit late to fucking order your own chips. Let's not judge him. Let's not judge him. All right, you're right. I'm being out of order there. Fair enough, mate. We all develop at different ages. Uh, Just saying, no, I started growing pubes when I was nine. So I saw, I saw, just saying, I saw burger on the menu and ordered one thinking nothing of it. But the chip lady gave me an odd look and asked, "Is, is that all? Do you want it in a bap? I wasn't prepared for the question and I didn't really understand what she meant. I panicked and blurted out, no. Soon after... My singular beef burger appeared in a full-size polystyrene box. My friends looked at me as if it was some, as if I was some kind of idiot, and I had to eat the burger as they enjoyed their chips. I've never felt so ashamed. I've remembered this vividly at least twice a week for the past twenty-six years. Oh, brilliant! Keep up the good work. I've been being especially smug since becoming part of the IFS. Well, well done for that. Quite right. And that's yeah. from George, who's aged thirty-nine and nine months. Oh, bless you, George. Oh, so we've had, horrible. We've had a singular experience. sausage and a singular singular burger so yeah. far this week mm. okay so there's, well, another, good... there's another category send us singular meals you've had by mistake <laughs> we've just had one item for yeah. your dinner one item dinner just call it that <laughs> right that's it from this episode thanks yeah. for all your contributions we're going to do another uh, mailbag delve because we've had yeah. so much recently so that'll be coming up don't know might be later today could be tomorrow who knows right thanks very much bye bye CTFN bye keep it cunty Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.